0: welcome back to Mildly Uncomfortable. This is a podcast in which two friends sit down to explore different controversial subjects each episode. I'm your host Brandon Zoyce and alongside me is my co-host Justin Coleman. Today we have our good friend Jared Cox with us. Hello thanks for having me. Jared
1: why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I work very often. uh, Very often. Like very often. I get four days off a month so that's nice yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I was raised in a house with two other siblings by a single mom. As a...
2: I didn't even know that. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on with us, Jared. Uh, we wanted to have Jared on the podcast just for the fact that out of all our friends, I believe, and uh, Brandon probably does too, yeah. he is the most outspoken when it comes to mental health issues. So I thought it would be a good fit on today's topic, which is mental health. I guess when you think of mental health, you do think of like the well-being of somebody emotionally and physiologically. And when I was researching the information for this podcast, I actually just, I found out there's actually categories that they divvy the disorders into. Uh, There's six basic ones. There are more, like there's, there's a shit ton more. There's like 300 plus mental disorders in total, but... The basic categories, they fall under mood disorders, which is like depression or bipolar disorders, things that would affect how somebody runs normally in their mood. Anxiety disorders like OCD and panic disorder, like panic attacks or just, just basic anxiety stuff. There's personality disorders like borderline personality or narcissistic personalities. There's psychotic disorders like schizophrenia eating disorders like anorexia some people binge eat trauma disorders like ptsd and then there are substance abuse disorders which is most uh, or it's like drug addicts and alcoholics type deal which i thought was interesting that that fell on uh, dis disorder so i didn't know that that originally that was a thing you would classify under like a mental health issue But, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I I wouldn't have thought of it that way either, actually. I guess we can just go on with the basic question. What is your history with mental health? Good, bad? And what does good good mental health look like to you versus bad? I think it kind of depends on the
0: person as well. Like, what actually is good to them. You know? Because somebody could be very, very uh, depressed you know, and then them not having like their depression for a week or like feeling better from their depression for a week is great to them, which is awesome, of course, but it's like, that's not how it should be all the time. You know what I mean? Like it just, I think that if you're happy all the time, that's a very, very good mental state. You know, if you're happy with your own self and your own mind, that's a good mental state in my opinion. Yeah, so you think it's like situational.
2: Good mental health yes. to you is not good mental health to someone else.
0: Right, it de- it depends on every situation with it. And then for me with mental health too... Um, yeah, what do you aim for? Yeah, I, like I said, I just aim to be happy. Try to be happy within myself, within the environment that I'm in. And if I'm not and I feel uncomfortable somewhere, I just try to remove myself from the situation to make myself feel better, you know?
2: Yeah, I think... uh I guess I would say the same thing. I mean, good mental health for me is when I'm pretty much, well, I'm, I'm mostly happy. There's never going to be a point where I'm going to be happy with every aspect of my life. I just, I just don't think that. I think that's like an unrealistic thing to be happy with everything. Some things are always going to be not how you want them. But just to be mostly happy and to be content with your situation, I think would be good mental health. It's kind of what I what I want to aim for is being content and not wanting more, I guess, more than I need. What
1: about you, Jared? Yeah, I agree with that. Striving for contentness is unfortunately the, the, the highlight, the high of where I'm at at the point. For a while, I couldn't get to the content in my life, but after I moved out and got away from every, all the stress in my life and got a new job, met new friends, I could actually get to a good... Content life and found a
2: happier way. Of trying to live my life. Yeah, that's really fucking good. Yeah, that's that very is so good. good. Yeah. Um. So then that brings me to my next question. I guess. Does anybody here suffer from any diagnosed or undiagnosed mental health disorders? Uh, yes, I do. I uh, I've been
1: diagnosed with depression, and I have been diagnosed with severe anxiety disorder. Uh, I, I did go to therapy for a while for, uh, I haven't taken any medicine, it's just a personal preference, I, I just don't like medicine. hmm But, uh. So you've never tried to take meds for it, right? No, I've never tried to take meds for it. Okay. Do you think it would be different? Like, do you think it would affect you negatively or positively if you did try it? I think it would honestly affect me negatively. I've talked to a few other people who have taken, uh, that type of medicine for depression and it, it doesn't make them feel happier. It just makes them feel numb. Uh, so yeah. Instead of being sad, they're just a, a middle ground. Okay. It doesn't make them any happier. It ends up making them feel like shit. That makes
2: sense. Yeah, when I was looking it up, there's actually there's more people who feel negative or no positive side effects from antidepressants, just in general. It yeah. works for some, but not most. Damn. Yeah.
0: That's, yeah. That's really fucking,
2: <laughs> that's
0: a big thing there. With uh, with me, no, I've never been uh, diagnosed, like, actually from a doctor, but yeah, I just went, obviously you go through whatever in life, and I've talked about it on this podcast before, but, like, just being in a state of depression, not where you have depression, because I've never actually had depression, but I've just been depressed, like, sad about, very sad. So I've never actually been diagnosed with anything. I did have anxiety, but it wasn't it wasn't like a a big like uh case of it you know what I mean so I was diagnosed with that for it wasn't long at all but it um yeah it wasn't like a big case of anxiety whatsoever like I would have anxiety attacks from here and there but nothing very notable you know what I mean
2: yeah I've never been diagnosed with anything and I don't think I ever have anything I think, for me, I get anxious, but I certainly don't think I have anxiety. Yeah. I will get sad, but I don't think I'm depressed. And, I mean, that goes back to me also never seeing anybody. So, in my opinion, I would say no, but I don't know that for certain. I guess the next question is, how has living with the condition shaped your life today? I think it's helped you for better or worse, the person you've become. Honestly, I might have become a better person the way
1: I was raised, because... Having this anxiety and depression has made me a much nicer person. I I feel like how other people can understand how it is to like just the little subtle things that can affect persons, like mood mm-hmm. and everything. I try to be a much better and nicer person to anyone, no matter what, who they are, what situation they're going through. That's really nice, yeah.
0: And you think that's because, like, of uh, you know, anybody could be going through
1: whatever like the same as you so you don't want to make them feel shittier or yeah since i've gone through this i can understand there could be anything they're going through okay Mm
0: -hmm. yeah that makes complete sense i actually feel the same exact way and it's just like because i I feel that way in general even though i'm not like really diagnosed but i'm not anymore but like just understanding that anybody could be going through anything is a huge thing for life in general so you, you shouldn't treat people bad for anything, in my opinion. But yeah, I think that it when I was diagnosed for a bit and then when you go through these sad, um, like sad spells where you have this this amount of sadness in your body, not actually diagnosed, but just for me, like I said, where it wasn't completely depression or anything. But I think it still shapes you because you realize how you, you could be how sad you could be, how anxious you could be for certain things. So you just got to rewrite it in your own self and try to fix it. So I think it shaped me a lot for the way I go about myself and the way I go about other people as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. I feel like, uh, I mean, I've never, like I said, I never got diagnosed with anything, but I wouldn't change anything that happened to me. Like my experience yeah. has shaped me for who I am today. and I like the person I am mentally, like, the things I stand for, I am like, I'm pretty outwardly proud of who I've become. So yeah. I feel pretty good about that. I agree with you. Yeah. Um. So I did want to get into specifics and go more in depth with your guys' history and our history. Just in general, I wanted to start with anxiety. Uh, so the figures from it, I guess it affects. Like one in five adults in america so that's like roughly 40 million people and that's just in our country i think in total it's like closer to like 300 million like worldwide but like anxiety is right now the highest in america and oh, it, and wow. with millennials it's only been going up and increasing as years have been going on oh my god i always thought it was i also thought it was interesting. It's more common in wealthier countries. Like, more people suffer anxiety in, like, wealthier countries than, like, third world countries. You know what I mean? Why, though? Why do you think that is? I feel like we have, because we have our necessities. Like, we don't, we're not struggling for food, and we're not struggling for water. So we have something else to focus on. Like, there's something else that our mind needs to focus on. Where I'm saying, I'm sure there are people in third world countries that have anxiety. It's just not, like, on their mind. What's more important is surviving, you know what I mean? Yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah. So I think that's, like, a a pretty big factor in it. Yeah, other than that, like, I don't... I guess that would have to be, like, for my theory on why it is such a, a different figure for the different countries. Yeah. How often do you guys, like feel anxious in general out of a full week let, let's go with a week
0: i would say like four days not not a full a full day but out of four days of the week i at least feel it for an hour
1: mm-hmm. what about you jared um uh, most recently i haven't actually been that anxious just because of how much i work like i've been there for so uh, long that i round all of my coworkers, i'm not anxious at all I've gotten super comfortable with them, and all I've been doing each week is just going to work, going home. But uh, just yesterday, I went to my first social gathering with some uh, a school friend's birthday party with a bunch of people I haven't seen in so long, a bunch of people I've never seen. And I just stuck to my seat, and I couldn't talk. I couldn't, like, I was extremely, like, crippledly like, social anxiety. Yeah, I, I just couldn't do anything. Yeah,
0: that makes sense, though. I get like that too. I feel like that's a huge thing for just people. Like, some people aren't like that, of course, but I feel like nowadays the majority are
2: like that. I feel I think that's a lot to do with how we are being raised, and I think it will probably only get worse from here, just because I think it 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 mostly is because of the internet, where you don't have to be as personable to that's get social interaction. True. You can get social interaction through a screen. You don't have to actually talk to somebody. Yeah. You don't pick up on social cues because you're never in a social atmosphere. Mm -hmm. You're just alone on your computer talking to strangers. Yeah. So. Fighting with people too. That's a huge one for media.
0: Just, or anything like that. Fighting online. Holy shit. Like, you, yeah. If you fought with somebody over fucking Facebook or whatever, it's just such a different thing that would happen from in real life when you
2: fight with somebody, or argue, I should say. It's yeah. so fucking different, dude. Well, oh, yeah, the thing with this is, like, I mean, it doesn't really have to do with what we're talking about, but we can get into this. The reason I think it's so different is especially because I used to love doing that. I used to literally oh just go in YouTube God. comments. I was like, "Who am I to fight with today?" And I used to literally you just like terrible. I would go back and forth for days with people.
0: In on YouTube? Uh, on
2: YouTube, what I would be the getting fuck? their little asses. Wow! But uh,
0: you are terrible. It
2: would be fun. It'd be because it'd be. It wouldn't be like I'd argue with somebody for no reason. It'd be like. I'd see, like, an ignorant comment, and it's like, let me go in real quick, just real quick. Like, let me, it'll take, like, five seconds, and then it turns into a whole yeah, two-day thing. Why? <laughs> just because, like...
0: What was the reasoning?
2: I just wanted to get him. Like, oh that God. was just it. I literally just wanted to get him.
0: What
2: the fuck? That's when I used to, like, arguing. Now I don't care as much. Like, yeah. people are gonna be dumb, and they're gonna be dumb. That was years ago, too, right? You mean? Yeah, that yeah. was, like, high school. Right. Like, early high school. Yeah, I did the same
0: thing. Not more, uh, more. It was more so in middle school for me, though.
2: Yeah, but I think it's different in the fact that the way I would argue with somebody in a YouTube comment would not work that way in real life. Oh, yeah. In a YouTube comment, you literally have time to rebuttal to form whole actual sentences. You can yeah. sit there for hours and curate this perfect response where, as in real life, people get flustered. People's emotions come out. Yeah. It's just like a social reaction that happens that just does not happen online.
0: And some people can't take arguments either like that. That goes back to any disorder that it is like it, it might be uh that they're anxious about it. So like some people just literally start crying when you start to argue with somebody, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And it's sad because and it will in the moment and because I've experienced this with people like me yelling or me starting an argument and then them just shutting off and shutting down completely and it's sad because at the time as the person who started the argument i don't understand what they're doing because i don't understand how their mind is working with that anxiousness that's going on so like i don't pay attention to it at the time or i didn't when this was happening and it just was like looking back on it it's like holy shit that was really
2: bad for me to do that i kind of do a similar thing in the fact that if somebody is just like if somebody wants to argue with me and i know it's just like they're just mad and they're just fucking they just want to get it out then i will just shut down and i won't i'll just put up a wall and i'll ignore it if they're arguing me for with for like an actual reason like if they actually want to talk And if I care about that person, then I will respond. Like, I will be in the conversation wholeheartedly, but... Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, but there's also a difference between arguing and then discussing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, that's a
1: whole different fucking subject there. Yeah, with the whole uh, in-person confrontation type of thing. I, uh, at work the other day, like, I don't know if my anxiety levels were just too high that day or something, but... One of my managers had to talk to me because I did something. I was operating the crane and I did something I shouldn't have done, like Mm -hmm. I wasted time or something. She was just telling me about that, and like she was obviously upset about me. And she was just doing her job, yelling me. And my eyes started to water up, but I had no reason to do that. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't even that upset, but I started to, and I was like, I had to get away from that conversation. Yeah,
0: I've done that numerous times at a job, so many times. It's unreal. And it's just because I'm so anxious about being there. So I, I understand wholeheartedly what you just said. Like, I've done that so many times. It's unreal. Like at my last job, I went, I don't even know like what happened in the day. But I just remember because we had a bunch of pallets on this side of a wall. And you're able to go in between the rows of it. And there's not like, there's no nobody can see you. So I literally went in there and I just cried my eyes out. And I, I really don't remember what the, the reasoning was, but I just know that I felt so sad and I was so anxious over whatever. like, And it just sucked. It just sucks, mainly when you feel like that in, in a workplace.
2: Yeah, I thought it was interesting because anxiety, it is a feeling that everybody feels, even animals. They all feel well, it yeah. because it's like a, it's like a survival instinct like I feel really anxious about this maybe this maybe this can hurt me like it anxiety goes along with fear it's just like that little feeling in the back of your head that's telling you no or like this is bad this could hurt me I should be really cautious here and like that's kind of where it comes out and that's where the disorder comes from and the fact that everybody feels anxious but if you constantly feel anxious when it's unprecedented or in a situation that does not call for an anxious feeling and it becomes very regular then it's like you kind of start have to looking at you have to start looking at yourself and asking like am i suffering from a this anxiety disorder yeah are these feelings of anxiousness Like, are they correlating to the situation that is happening or am I just feeling this way?
0: I remember I can tell this story like vividly because it was such a huge like thing for me and I don't even know what caused it. But so when I was with my ex-girlfriend, I would just it was random too. like, but it was always with her. I would just get anxiety attacks out of nowhere. Like we would just be chilling, laying down on our phones or like watching a show on, on the couch or whatever. And it would just be out of nowhere. And it would just be so like bad where I literally wanted to curl up and die, which I was like shaking from it. I was just like, holy fuck. And then sometimes I would get it when she wasn't around and I, I don't know what the fuck was going through my brain at this time. This was like, what, three, four years ago. I don't know what was going through my brain at this time. And when it sounds so bad to say this, but like when I wasn't with her, when she couldn't comfort me or whatever, I would like hit myself. And I don't know, again, I don't know what the fuck was going through my head, but like I would. Because I was so aggressive at the time, this is my, I think is what happened, but it might just be me, whatever. Um, I think because I was so aggressive at the time, I didn't want to accept that this was happening. So I tried to like beat it out of myself, if that makes any sense, or if I just sound crazy, whatever. But I used to do that a lot because I used to have anxiety attacks a lot. And then one day it just stopped. And I have no idea what the the cause was or what anything happened for me to either have them or then stop. Because they were both random that they started and then it was random that it stopped. So I don't know any reasoning behind it, really.
2: That's like a whole thing, too, with just mental health is self-harm and how people use that as a means. I mean, it's a very, very unhealthy means to try to understand your emotions. Yeah. I don't know too much about self-harm and why people do it. Unfortunately, I, uh, I've, had to, I've dealt with a few uh,
1: different, both on myself and other people. Because through relationships, I've dated a few people who have done it, and I've done it myself. It just, when you get completely filled with depression or anxiety, you want to feel something else easiest thing to feel is pain oh shit Mm -hmm. I never thought of it that way it's like you're distracting yourself from one kind of pain to another one that can go that can be brought on very easily um, I've never left anything any scars around my body or anything but I've I've taken razor blades to my stomach Mm -hmm. and to my shoulder just like it makes some of the pain go away how long ago was it? It was a few years, like four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. But I haven't done it since, but it, yeah, it's just it helps. Unfortunately, it's really unhealthy, and I got rid. of I got out of that situation, trying to cure myself that way. But. Was there any reasoning for you to stop? Like, did you did anything happen, or again, did you just not? Like, uh, yeah, it it helps because like I eventually tell that that girl, current girlfriend at the time, and she tried to like, she like, hug me or like, yeah, the it hurt factor. her, and just the fact that it hurt her, me doing that, helped me to stop it Oh, that. okay. That's good then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's
0: good. Really you had a factor to stop. Yeah, if not, yeah, that it could have gotten worse, of
2: course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's always really shitty. I used to do it back in middle school when I was like still understanding myself and then dealing with my mom. It'd be like, it was a similar thing where I would do it as a way to like, it was different for me, but not, I guess it's like similar. So the way I would rationalize it in my head is if I can hurt myself then I don't have to worry about her hurting me because I'm causing myself physical pain. And that's something that I can actual actually like it's like a tangible feeling and the the like results that I can see that happen in front of me. And so it was kinda like a distraction type of deal. But just like replacing one pain with another, one that's easier to bear. And for me that was more so physical. And that was mostly just like cutting and shit, just like on my hands and shit. And that happened in middle school, but I did stop because it was like, this isn't like a healthy thing to do that I realized pretty quickly. It's like, when you even when you start doing shit like that, or at least for me, it was like in the back of my mind, I always knew like, this is a dumb thing I was doing, but I was always doing it anyways. I like think, and also that's when, like, I probably suffered from the most anxiety, which I don't really suffer from it now anymore with just, like, as time passed. And it was, it was all social. It wasn't, like, I would never have panic attacks when I was on my own. Like, I remember I used to skip my first hour every day because, and this was in middle school. Because I would always get to school late, just because, like, my mom, would, she worked and she came home in the morning, and so I would get to school a little late every day. Mm-hmm. And I used to have a panic attack when I had to walk up to the door and open it, because I knew everybody would stare at me. And so instead of doing it, I would just go to the bathroom and wait till the hour was over and then go to my second hour when the door rang. I remember the teacher found out I was doing it and then told the whole class about it. And then I was like, yeah, I'm actually never coming to your class again now. I just never went back. What the fuck? Yeah. She it was, just told the whole class? She just told the whole class. I guess somebody was, like, asking, like, how come I never come to class? And she just said that. Because, like, people came up to me that day and asked me. I, I Obviously, I, I lied and denied it, yeah. but... I was, it was weird, like, even then, I was like, that's, like, a really odd thing, right? Like, teachers shouldn't do things like that. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. I wonder if she still works
0: there. That's a grown-ass woman. Like,
2: yeah.
0: And you, what, you're fucking 11 in middle school, 12? Yeah. So it's like, what the fuck?
2: It was just really weird. I guess maybe she just didn't like me since I didn't come to her class. Yeah. So maybe she, like, felt some sort of malice towards me, but yeah. It's still stupid to do that you're a grown woman like yeah but i haven't really suffered it from like as as the years have gone on like i feel like with most kids they have the problem where like you can't order shit over the phone oh yeah 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 Yeah, like that like doctor's appointments dentist like shit like that too yeah like i couldn't even like call people just like say hi because that felt really odd talking to anybody on the phone is weird having to like go in and pay for gas would be weird for me like having to have interactions with anybody outside of like my main group of friends at school and like home that would just be it just seemed like terrible what about like make me anxious
0: what about like fast food
2: same thing yeah same thing i wouldn't want to do it it's like you don't have to, really. Well, I didn't have to when I was a kid because it was, like, drive right. through and my mom would just order it.
0: I never really cared about it, like, growing up. Like, yeah, there was that little factor, but I would still do it, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't care to the point where I would never, ever even do it. Like, I used to want to, when my, when before I had a car when I was, like, in middle school and I would go to the gas station with my dad, I would want to go up to the teller and fucking give him the money. <laughs> so, it's, like... Yeah, I, it obviously just depends on the person. And it also, I was, I was as I grew up too, I, I was a little more anxious. Like, which is, it's weird to me because I, that does happen, of course. But I uh, at the time, I had never seen it. So this was like two years ago that I felt more anxious than ever. But I got a job where, it's the same job where I cried in the fucking palettes, uh, where I had to talk on the phone and like email people all the time. So it like helped me out a lot to get rid of the anxiety that I had against talking to people once more so Mm -hmm. like it it helped me out a lot and I think that goes back to like obviously just situational because some people wouldn't even have taken the job you know what I mean because of that reason so I think it like it was in my head where I wanted to help myself so I took it more or like I wanted it more technically
2: oh nice yeah that's good I feel like Yeah, as the years went on from middle school to high school to now, like, pretty much, well, most of my social anxiety was completely gone. Like, I haven't had a panic attack since middle school. In that sense, my anxiety has gotten a lot better. Like, I don't even really experience it pretty much at all anymore, which is nice. And that mostly just came with me trying to help myself with it. I used to have a really hard time talking to people. I still have a hard time, like, getting close to people and talking to them. But it's way better than it used to be. And I think going to college really helped with that. Mm -hmm. And that was, like, a large part of my intent with it. It was, like, if I go far away and I'm by myself, I will not have a choice but to talk to people. Yeah. Because I will have to do it to survive. Yeah, mainly since you lived in a dorm, too. Yeah. And that was just really nice. Like, I learned to... I really learned to make friends and socialize when I was there. And then after I came home, I worked as a cashier. So I did customer service. So that was really good. Yeah. I learned how to actually deal and talk to strangers. Whether they're angry at you or whatever. Which is really cool.
0: Yeah, that's a good, like... Uh to actually have to just like dealing with people <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like just like dealing with normal like people going out that's a really good thing to have experience
2: under your belt with yeah i actually like really like that part of my job talking to strangers which was just funny it's just like such a polar opposite from how i was to how i am now so yeah i don't really suffer from it anymore just because of What I the things I've done in life have literally just helped me with it.
1: Yeah, working retail definitely helped me a little bit with my anxiety because I used to be like a complete mess. But then I started working retail and having to help customers and because I'd be in I'd be at a counter and they'd have to come up and talk to me and ask like for advice on certain tools and different ways to use them and how Mm -hmm. to use them what it costs and everything so i would get a lot of social repetition like just keep doing it over and over because it get busy and i just keep having to talk to people yeah but i still unfortunately suffer with it pretty bad still like i'll go like you said ordering food and whatnot fast food like if there isn't already a line then i feel anxious just walking up to the counter like sometimes i'll stop and tie my shoe even though it's already tied and like Oh, wow. Like, just so, like, I'm not, like, I feel like I'm walking, like, especially if there's more than one cashier and they're all just looking at me as I walk in. I'll, like, find a way to distract myself and then work up the courage to walk up and order food even though it's not that big of a deal. to just order food. Yeah. Holy shit. Or, like, if there's someone I didn't want to talk to and they're already talking to someone, like, I'll, uh, I'll, like, pretend to be on my phone or, like, like a lot of social gatherings that my phone's not even on like i'll just look at a blank screen and pretend to type oh really like i just it's really hard for me to not do anything because i feel like everyone's looking at me it's like why is the guy just standing still i think that's the isn't that the
0: major factor in it where you just think like you're the main thing that everybody's looking at i think that's the main factor for all of it right for all Mm -hmm. anxiety where it's like you just believe in your own head because you have anxiety that everybody's like mainly when if you're in a social gathering and you're like you know you're about to have an attack, it's like holy fuck all of these people are going to see me have an anxiety attack yeah. and it makes it even worse. Cause mm-hmm. so I've gone through that too. It's that much oh, the worst thing ever.
2: Yeah, I mean sometimes I do catch myself drifting back into that sort of mentality when I'm at parties and the fact that. Sometimes I will literally just get in a corner and just sit there and not talk to anybody. And then I, like, I'll like i just start thinking about it like, wow, it's been 10 minutes, I haven't said anything, wow, well, it's been an hour. And then I'm just fixated on the fact that I haven't talked to anybody and then I can't think about anything. I can't even think to say anything to this person. It's the one thing on my mind is like, you have to say something. And then what always happens that makes it worse is somebody goes, wow, Justin, you really talk a lot, huh? It was like, oh, oh, it happens so much. It's like, all right, dude. Like, yeah, that
0: I feel like that's really fucked up. I feel like that's really fucked up because, like, like we were saying earlier, you don't know what somebody's going through or has gone through with it. So, like, even just a subtle little joke like that still can go miles in somebody's head. You know. Mhm. Yeah, I haven't felt like that. Like at a uh, get together, gathering, party thing. I haven't felt like that for. Well, I did before. And then in the recent years, I haven't, but I actually felt like that in, I don't even think it was a month ago, but I went somewhere and it was just so awkward and I didn't really want to leave because I was still having a good time, but like, it was just the people making it more awkward for me. And I, it was the first time that I had felt that way in so long and I just did not say anything and it was a straight like hour that I was just sitting there doing nothing. straight up doing nothing. Like, I wasn't even looking at my phone. I was just, like, I was just there, technically. And I felt the most anxiety by being there in general, too. It was so weird
2: to me because I hadn't experienced it in so long. Sometimes it's, like, or sometimes I will go to a guy and it's just, like, I won't say anything and it won't bother me. Like, I won't be anxious or anything. I'll just, like, not want to talk and it'll be fine. It's only, like, when I get into my head it's like when i want to talk i can't because no words will like a sentence will not form in my brain yeah to say to another person it's like all i'm trying to think about is like what what can i say right now it's like nothing pops up yeah and then the silence has gone so long it's like all right what do i do now silence has gone so long <laughs> can i even start talking now type of deal or but yeah Sometimes I, I don't care, and just, I I kind of do like to sit in a corner. I'll talk to, like, one person, maybe. So I, I think I prefer to talk to, like, one person at a time, especially in, like, social gatherings. Yeah. With the big groups, I do kind of fade into the background a little bit. Makes me a little anxious, but not very. Would you say, like, would you guys say it's gotten better over the years for you? Because it has for me, for sure. Yeah, I think 100% mine's gotten better.
1: Yeah, mine's gotten better. I mean, it it's not like a huge improvement. Like, personally, I've been able to improve it myself just, mm-hmm. like, from ways of living. But um, the way it dwindles is different than just, like, it doesn't go away, unfortunately. Like, something I've uh, realized over the years just on my own is people always say it gets better, it gets better. But with certain disorders, you just, it doesn't you you find like certain things that make you like when you order food at a restaurant and your food arrives not a single thought of depression or anxiety goes through your head you just see the food and you're happy and that's a very small moment but what you need to do in life is find the things and people that make that moment last the longest and unfortunately things don't get better but those moments happen more often holy Oh, that's the
0: deepest shit I've ever heard I literally love that. that it's sad obviously but like it's that's so that's such a wonderful way to actually look at it too like because some people don't even have enough wherewithal because they're so like depressed and not in a bad way like I'm not saying somebody is worse for that but because they're so down in the dumps they can't even look at it that way so I'm I'm very glad that you look at it that way
2: I guess in America specifically, it affects 16 million Americans. So with anxiety, it was 40 million. So like roughly a fourth of that. Way less more than like anxiety is a lot more common than depression. But depression is still, I think it's like the second or third most common thing in terms of uh, mental disorders. I thought it was interesting because it said only one in three people like suffering from actual like diagnosed depression will like get treatment for it like regularly visit a therapist or go on medication uh or what have you
0: and that that's sad too yeah because it can really help certain things even just therapy can help very much like in in jared's case where he doesn't want to take the meds like that's understandable but Mm -hmm. again for somebody it could also help but you just don't know you know yeah so, like, one of three people out of 16 million, that is crazy that people aren't seeking help. That's yeah. the saddest thing I've heard in a while,
2: legitimately. And it goes into the fact where it's like a third of them are seeking help. And then the third of them are that are seeking help, maybe they go on meds and they get worse.
0: That is very true. Or yeah.
2: maybe they go try to find help and can't get help. Because yeah. these are just people seeking treatment, not actually receiving treatment. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So it's like even less for people. There's, mm. even, there's even a less percentage of people who are actually receiving treatment for their mental disorder, whether it be therapy or medication.
1: Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and I, uh, I used to do therapy because uh, when I was eight, my dad was arrested and taken away for half my life. He was in jail for eight years. So I was just raised by my mom. But when he first got taken away, we had to, we went to family therapy. Oh, and that just ruined therapy for me. Because I was stuck in a room with my two siblings and my mom, having to share what was about me and how I was feeling. And that ruined therapy for me. And I couldn't. I Ever since we did family therapy, I haven't gone to therapy at all. And honestly, it might help me. But it's just like I've got that point in my mind where it's just ruined for me. Yeah. I understand that
0: completely. Do you think it would have been different if you didn't go to that family therapy? Like, cause
1: obviously you wouldn't have hated it then. Yeah. I feel like if I didn't go to family therapy then and, uh, I would have been older and been able to go to one-on-one therapy, mm. it might've helped me more, but I guess I don't regret it cause I'm happy where I'm at right now. So I guess it's just the way I've been able to handle and grow with yeah. how the it's affected me. I just was able, was strong enough to get through it. But a lot of other people, if therapy gets ruined for them, and then they're also not strong enough to do it by themselves, mm-hmm. then they can just keep going spiraling downwards. Mm-hmm. Do you think you would
0: ever go to therapy?
1: Uh, not anymore. I think I'm at a point, like I'm, like just recently in life, I've gotten to a point where I'm able to do this alone. And it's not like just because I want to feel like i'm at a level where if i do it alone i can easily get through this that's very good and i'm coming up to a point where i can once i'm at a point where i can find someone else and it's not just for them to help me get through it but someone else that i want to live with yeah Mm -hmm. that makes
0: complete sense
1: i'm glad that you're at that level then because
0: honestly i would love to go to therapy i would love to it right now like i don't i don't Suffer like from diagnosed depression. Uh, I don't suffer from diagnosed anxiety anymore. Yeah, I'd love to get into therapy with an actual therapist because of it's different than just talking to somebody who's close with you. Obviously, they have a fucking degree, so it's like yes, your friends and your family can help you when you talk to them about stuff because they can make you feel more secure. But a therapist isn't like I've always looked at it where a friend and a family member would just try to make you feel more comfortable when the therapist of course does do that as well but they will also tell you what the fuck is wrong with you in general so that's what i would like more more of the harshness where i need to hear it other than just the the comforting part from a friend or a family yeah. that's why i would i would love to go to therapy and yeah. i think i think therapy gets shit on a lot from from any person like i think it's it has such a bad bad stigma to it that people just don't even want to go to it anymore and now it's i think it's been like more in the rise that people are going again even just like normal people to talk about things which you need to which is good but it, it was just like for years on years it was really like shit on
1: yeah i feel like there's certain things that you have to find like the right therapist because i've had a few friends where it just feels like their therapist is against them like their parents are forcing them to go to it and the one they're getting forced to go to, like, they share one smile, small thing about their, like, I feel suicidal. And then right after the therapist tells their parents, they get thrown into a mental hospital. Holy shit. Just right away. I've had, like, one friend that keeps getting thrown into mental hospitals. Because every time they share their suicidal thoughts with their therapist, they tell their parents. Wow. Yeah, that's, yeah. Is that legal? Uh, I think just because it's their parents, they're allowed to. But um, that I'm not sure maybe Well you mean before is it recently? Yeah. Are they, they underage? Yeah they're underage. Oh okay, that makes sense then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When
0: you when you're officially an adult, they can't yeah. do that. Because obviously you're not under your parents' jurisdiction after that. But yeah, that makes sense since they're underage. That yeah, that that is legal then. But yeah, with the if they were if they're fucking like eighteen plus, no.
2: Yeah, no. Yeah, it's different. I, uh, I go under the opinion where I think everybody could benefit from a therapist. Everybody yeah. could benefit from going to somebody and talking with them. You know, just discussing your problems and getting feedback from an unbiased opinion. Like you said, somebody yeah. who's not a friend or family. Somebody who won't sugarcoat things, they'll just give it to you matter-of-factly. Yeah, I agree with you 100%.
0: Because yeah, like you said, that that word sugarcoating—that's the best to describe it. Because they will not sugarcoat it. Yeah, they'll make you feel better, of course. That's their job. They still gotta help you, but they'll—they'll. They'll, I, I use this term so much now, but they will literally deep dive into the worst parts of your mind and drag that shit out. Mm-hmm. And like you will actually put it on the table. Say if you've blocked it out for years, like it will be on the table, and you will have to talk about it for your session. If they—if they drag that out of you, and I think it's such a good thing to do. Because, man, just for me, in general, I could, like, pull out so many things, let alone what an actual therapist can pull out for me. And I feel like that goes tenfold for somebody who's actually uh, very much diagnosed with one, uh, any disorder. So it's just like, I, I just feel like it's so, or it's such a good helping
2: matter that people, again, just shit on sometimes. Yeah. I, I I go in the same vein where yeah, I would love to have a therapist just to talk to. And just uh just in general to talk to about shit. Outside of therapists, I always thought it was interesting how school counselors work. They're kinda like the in school yeah. therapists, like if you guys ever have gotten approached by one or talked to one. No.
0: Even though like I went through all that shit during senior year where I just didn't show up the first hour and then I failed all of my classes. Not one person, like any teacher, any counselor, anybody, any, uh, like, uh, administration, none of them. They didn't give a fuck. The only person who asked me anything was
1: Pappas. And that's because Pappas was like a friend. Mm-hmm. So it was like, yeah. no, never. Uh, I've never been approached by a counselor. either. they like, um, I was really good at hiding it when it came to being in school. Mm-hmm. Like, um, some of my teachers thought I was a real happy kid, and, but I was really good at hiding it when it came to teachers and being in public. I still had the anxiety of, like, not talking to people, and that helped mm-hmm. hiding it, but they never thought it was serious enough to throw me into counseling.
2: hmm Yeah, I haven't either. About, like, that stuff. I think the only time I've ever been approached by a concert is when it comes to, like, attendance. And the only reason a school will do that is because of truancy and shit, and they need their money. Like, if you're not coming to school, you're not, like, that's another head that they're not going to get paid for. Yeah. But they still have to rely on resources for Which is, like, kind of the only reason they'll say anything to you if you're not coming to school. Which I was, I was like, Because, eh. like, Literally every high school, literally any school I've ever been to, I've always been called and talked to about attendance mm-hmm. outside of college, because I showed up to all my classes, but I always thought that was interesting. It was, like, never, like, oh, what's up, It's just, like, they'd ask you why you weren't coming to school, but, like, it would it would not be for, like... Good reason. Yeah. Like, to uh, reason. Yeah. Shit like that. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting just because i I always thought about like a school counselor and what their job title was and what they actually did did for students while they were working or like while they were at least in school i I don't think i've ever heard of student like at least to the school schools we went to yeah taking advantage of or like using or seeking help from a school counselor
0: the only thing i think I mean, I, this isn't, like, full fact. This is just what I believe from what I've seen. I think the only thing that our counselors did for our high school was to just help us change classes.
1: Yeah, that's the only time I ever went to the counselor. Me too. Yeah, class.
0: literally changed my class. And get out of it or switch to a different one. I think that is the only thing that they supported people with. Like, I feel like they probably could have done, like, the the regular thing where somebody actually would seek help and they would help. I feel mm-hmm. like it was very possible, but I just never had seen it
2: in, mm-hmm. in action. So how did you get diagnosed? Here? what was the what was the I guess experience with that?
1: Um uh, well, actually, depression runs in my family. My mom uh, just normally she has di- depression just from her genes, but then also every time she got pregnant, she it got worse and worse. And mm-hmm. I was the third child. So actually, each one of, like my brother, barely has anything. My sister is pretty depressed, and then I got even worse than her. My mom wanted me to go di- get diagnosed since she was diagnosed, but she uh, she didn't make me do anything that I didn't want to. Like obviously, mm-hmm. she didn't force me to take medicine. She takes them. That's that's really good. Some people would force their children. So I'm glad
0: that she didn't, because like you said, it could really have affected you badly. Yeah. Yeah. What is it like for the, because it's straight, what is it? Is it the doctor that you go to for it to get diagnosed?
1: How's the process of getting diagnosed? Um, it's, it's a little weird. It's more like a, a test you take. Oh. And they kind of like figure out if you are or not. It's like the fucking sheets from gym class.
0: How did it make you feel today? Um, some, some that, like yeah. obviously more, yeah. more in depth than everything. That's I didn't think of it that way.
2: It's probably just checking off his symptoms. Yeah, it's, that makes. Sense. Did you actually talk to anybody at any point? Like, what do you mean? Like you just filled out a test and they were like, "Yeah, you have depression." Did you well, go talk to? Somebody? I had to, I had to talk to like, uh, some
1: like. I think they were a doctor. I'm not sure if they're a doctor or a counselor. Okay. Mhm. This was a really long time ago. Yeah.
0: No, that makes sense. Yeah. I never you. thought of it that way though, where you just fill out a sheet and then you talk a little bit. I feel like it would be way more in depth, but also like,
1: yeah, I feel like it should have been more in depth. Yeah, because yeah. they can't really, like, take your blood and be like, oh, you have depression. It's more of a mental
2: thing. Yeah, that's yeah. Very true. Like, I, they, I get the questions bit just because I'm sure it was just symptoms, just, yeah. like, yeah. symptoms of depression. And then talking to you was, like, probably, like, a confirmation type of deal. And they, seeing how you respond to certain questions.
1: They could do a real in-depth one. They could do, like, a brain scan and see if there's something wrong with your brain. But oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something more that I was
0: thinking of. But yeah, that that makes sense for like more, uh, like heavier.
2: I guess is the word heavier. Yeah. Like, like symptoms where it's like, like psychotic disorder. Yeah, like yeah, schizophrenia. Yeah. That's a that's a chemical imbalance yeah. in your brain. Yeah, yeah. That when makes you deal sense. with those type of disorders, and some people do have a chemical uh, imbalance that causes depression, which is just like which is medical depression. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Mine's more genes and just uh,
2: personal things that I went through, like my father getting arrested. Mm-hmm. So you think it's, like, it's a, I guess, an outcome from your circumstances? like Yeah. You know. My father getting arrested pretty heavy on
1: that. I've gone through different things, but relationships have just made it worse. And then mm-hmm.
2: just my genes, unfortunately. I did want to um, touch on... Self diagnosis and what that looks like today. So it's like we kind of live in this internet culture of like WebMD and like just being able to look up like, oh, what's wrong with me? And people just like assuming they have shit. Yeah. Like you could probably just go on Twitter and it'd be like 50 people can say they have anxiety and only a few of them have ever actually gotten diagnosed by a medical professional. which i always think is really important with these types of things it's just like i've always felt odd about that like people when they self-diagnose and they just say oh i have depression or i have anxiety and and they've never been to a medical professional in their life so it's like you don't really know that you have that you could be suffering from some other disorder that has these same symptoms or you could not be suffering from anything you could just be a person who gets anxious right that's
0: what i was gonna yeah. say because you might not have anxiety you just get anxious but that's just being a
2: human being yeah.
0: a human you still get sad you still get anxious but there's a difference between actually having anxiety and then actually having depression because those are just tenfold with it you
2: know Mm-hmm. do you think uh why do you think people self-diagnose instead of going to an actual medical professional money for one money money because sometimes they could you know
0: expensive to just go to a regular checkup to see if your whole body's okay so sometimes that can get expensive so it's like i feel like if people experience these things of of this a long sadness and they're uh, they have attacks of anxiety sometimes they just automatically say they have it i believe so it makes sense for me when people do self-diagnose but again like i said like it just might not be as serious as the actual disorder, but they can still feel the way that they feel. And then, if it keeps happening, then that's a rightfully di- self-diagnosis. I think.
2: Yeah, I think for me, I believe the opposite. I think self-diagnosing is really dangerous. Like I, I think, just yeah, like, I think it can get yeah. dangerous, of course. Yeah. Well, I think it's always dangerous in the fact that. You you could even confuse certain symptoms you think might be a mental problem could be symptoms from, like, a physical thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can be really fatigued inside, but maybe that's not from depression. Maybe you have, like, an actual issue going on with your body. Yeah. And if you just assume it's one thing in your brain, then you're never going to get help. No, yeah,
0: I understand what you mean. Yeah. I just feel like that's that's selective, too, though. Because some people could be like that, of course, but then other times it's not as serious. So if they're just self-diagnosing to say, like, oh, I have anxiety, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. If they feel anxious and they want to say it, then you can say it. You know, I don't care about that. But if, yeah, if, and what you just said, if it's like that, I do I do agree with you with it. Because, yeah, that's, that's dangerous to do so.
2: Yeah, I also have the problem where... I also disagree with that, just being like, oh, I'm anxious, so I have anxiety. I feel like if you have not been diagnosed by a professional, you shouldn't be just outwardly saying you have anxiety. Because if you don't, then you're diluting kind of the message and the awareness for other people who actually have it.
0: I also agree with you on that, but I still think it's the fact that it's just like, everybody kind of like puts to light mental illnesses a lot nowadays, Mm -hmm. where it's put on a pedestal when it shouldn't be yeah mental illness should not be put on a pedestal of i want to have it
2: yeah it's romanticized and fetishized nowadays people like the that's part of the reason i don't like self-diagnosis is because people like to have the label on them of oh i'm depressed i'm anxiety and -hmm. especially on social media and i was like that's so fucked up for people who actually have it you don't have it (laughs) you might have it but you do not know if you have it because you've never been actually diagnosed
0: yeah social media is really bad with it because that's where mainly all the people want to have it technically you know yeah so it's like and it's it's really bad like it's i don't care if you do it i really don't like i understand your points but if if somebody were to do it that i know personally i wouldn't like talk shit about them or like call them out for it because i wouldn't care in that in that scenario
2: yeah well if it was a friend and they told me they had anxiety i would immediately say did you get diagnosed did you go see like a medical professional on this like because that's just the first question i'm going to ask because yeah if you have a problem you should be actively trying to solve it and if you're not, why are we even having this conversation, type of deal? Well, some people aren't able to solve it. Yeah, if you're though. not able to yeah, solve yeah. it, then that's a different thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But
0: yeah, I agree with what you you've been saying. Like, it makes sense. I just feel a different way, though. With if they want us to do it, then do it. Because I, yes, I do agree. Again, it does dilute the point of actually having it. But because of the way the internet is and how, how media can, you know, sway everybody's opinion with within mental illnesses again and putting them on a pedestal its just like, I don't know. I don't care in that sense where if people do it, then they do it because it's been such a long time that now they've been doing it. Yeah. So now it's just so normalized to me at least where I don't, I've never actually seen it in the way that you've said it.
2: Yeah. And to go along with that, for me, it's like, I wouldn't like look at symptoms and be like, oh, wow, I have heart disease. I should like try to fix that. Like, that's not even something that I would be able to like decipher. Maybe I have some symptoms, but I don't know if I have that for sure. And I think a mental disorder should go along with the same thing. There are doctors and there are therapists and psychiatrists. They are professionals in that field for a reason everyday people like i would not be able to be like i have heart disease and no i know that like for 100 percent or sure maybe i can look up some uh symptoms maybe i have symptoms of it but i don't know that off the top of my head and that's why i think it's just really irresponsible to do you are not a medical professional in that field like you should not be self-diagnosing a mental disorder or a physical like actual health disorder in my opinion i think that's why there are professionals i understand that yeah Yeah. Like, what if your circumstances are responsible for your emotional pain? And the fact there there are people who, kind of like Jared said, have genes where they are depressed and it just runs in their family and they have depression. And there are people who really terrible things happen to them. Yeah. And maybe they develop depression. And like. And both or both yeah, yeah yeah there can be a combination of both but it's like i i got i got just wondering like is one more true than the other like what would a medical professional think would be like would take would they count both of these things as like true depression because uh, you can say because you can get a medical fact, like, with what 100% of the doubt, there is a chemical imbalance in your brain. Yeah. We can see it on the scan. This is why you have depression. And then there is also the side of going and taking tests and getting symptoms. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, where it's, like, one is not concrete and one is completely concrete. Proof, like, we can look at this here and we know this. And then there's like, these are your symptoms and so we believe you have this. I don't know. I just thought that was like interesting.
1: No, I agree with you.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I feel like certain. There's different kinds of depression because the gene one is one you can't. Because sometimes if it's like the gene one, you can't. You can't really get better. Yeah, you're you can't stuck with it, it. But if it's a situational one, then things can get better, and it can probably go away just because your situation is developing that mm-hmm. to a better place. Yeah. yeah. You can't control the gene ones because, like you
0: said, the chemical imbalance with it is just—it's it, always in your brain like that because you're just
2: born like that. Yeah, that is the way your brain is structured. Yeah. And that was—I thought that was an interesting point of like if it is your environment that's causing you this distress, would removing you from it cure your depression, or can you cure depression? Because I was under the—I was under the like impression that depression isn't something you cure. It's something you learn to live with and get better at. And so I was thinking like, well, if this person's depression goes away after you remove them from the circumstances, did they ever really have depression or were they just sad because of their circumstances? I feel like if
1: it does completely go away, I feel like maybe they didn't have like the actual mental illness of depression. Maybe it's, they just had it in a long state of being depressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
0: I agree with that completely. Where it's if they, yeah, they might not have even actually had it completely with the with any chemicals or whatever, mm-hmm. and situational as well. It was just the you know getting over the fact of it, and because obviously there's a difference, like we said before, about either being actually depressed or just being very very sad for an elongated period of time. Because yeah. obviously there's a huge difference
1: there. Because certain situations, I feel like if it's really traumatic enough to that person, it can change something inside them. But yeah. certain situations just make you
2: depressed for a elongated period of time. Yeah, like yeah. traumatic events that, that can literally change the structure of how your brain works. So much trauma can actually
0: damage you. Yeah, it's all selective. You know, like the situation that you're in with, with whatever, you know, with any trauma that you could go through. So it, yeah, I think it just depends on what situations
2: you know we're in, mm-hmm. or whoever's in with it. Yeah, I just want—I just think people should get better about like really understanding and not throwing around terms. Like it, that yeah. just goes back to what I already said. Like I do not like when people just throw terms around unless you've been diagnosed. Yeah, I, I guess. Like, oh, go ahead. Jerry. I feel like some people do it just to make
1: themselves feel a little better, trying mm-hmm. to understand who they are and what they're going through.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, they're looking for a label. Yeah. They're looking for something to slap on their head and say, I am this. Now I understand. Even if it's not true, they're just looking for some basic term to understand themselves.
1: Yeah, and it helps them out in that sense. I feel like yeah. if they do that, that's okay, but they need to further it and get fully diagnosed. They should not settle with that. They shouldn't be like, this is who I am. I guess I'll have to live with this. They should Figure out what exactly is wrong with them. Yeah, it it'll help them in the short run to get the to figure out. Say this is what's happening to me. Maybe I should fix it instead
2: of just going. All right, this is what's wrong with me. I guess I have to deal with this. Where have you seen mental health issues portrayed in media? Was it an actu- a, a accurate depiction of your experience?
0: I mean, it it happens a lot in TV shows and movies. Not a lot, a lot, but you know. I I can't even give an actual example right now, just off the top of my head, because I haven't I haven't really thought or looked into TV shows or movies that have it, just straight up somebody depressed.
2: Mm-hmm. Like
0: I I really can't think from the top of my head right now.
2: How About you, Jared?
1: Um. Well, I know there's a lot of things in the media that happens when like celebrities become suicidal and end it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, that's true. The lead singer of Linkin Park when he yeah Chester jester bennington he he went out and it blew up all over social media and his wife would talk about how happy he was and the picture she posted about how happy he was just days before yeah
2: i remember that that was a sad day yeah yeah there's like a, a sad kind of celebrities ending their lives like it's always really sad even with the uh, robin williams situation that was really sad as well
1: yeah
0: one of the most giddy happy people you would ever think and he
2: wasn't well for me i think one of the most important tv shows that are, that's happening right now and i say important not maybe in a necess- necessarily good way is 13 reasons why mm-hmm. because in that show they depict Uh, they talk about sexual assault, they discuss bullying, and they discuss depression. The main character is kind of a victim of her circumstances. Maybe she had already suffered from depression, but as the show goes on, you kind of see. The whole show is about her killing herself and then leaving tapes behind for other people to find. And in that aspect, I always thought that show was like, it never sent a good message because it, it kind of romanticizes suicide in a way. Like, I'm going to kill myself and then get revenge on these people by leaving tapes behind and saying it's all their fault that I'm dead. Yeah. Like, that's not a good message to send to anybody. Like, I don't think that's an accurate depiction of how people who who was planning to kill themselves would yeah, do
1: that. Yeah. Like,
2: that's that. so calculated. Yeah,
0: again, it's just more so media trying to... Uh, romanticize it, I believe, as yeah. well what like you were saying. Yeah. It just it makes more sense too, from a from a TV show standpoint, because it's just like they're getting the views from it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they don't really care about how they. I mean, not specifically Thirteen Reasons Why or the producers or anything or the writers, but just like media doesn't really care usually because they've never done anything like that, gone through any disorders whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Most of them, or most of these producers and writers haven't, so they just want to put it out there because it's topical, just like when we were talking about uh, uh, putting more gay people inside of video games or shows just because, oh, here's our gay character, oh, here's our depressed character. Mm -hmm. It's like the same thing where they're just like relatable, in my opinion, most of the time, most of the time.
1: Yeah, I don't think that shows a very good, accurate description of suicide, because when someone wants... To, as me personally have been very suicidal in my life. When someone wants to commit suicide it's not because they hate everyone else, it's because they hate themselves. Mm-hmm. They want they think them leaving would better everyone else. Yeah. So leaving behind things to tell people this is your fault and this is why I'm doing this it's not it's not
2: why well, it's not a good reason. Yeah. There was, like, a, there was a Google study with it. It was, like, after the, after the show premiered on Netflix, there was, like, a 21% increase on people searching how to kill yourself. And then there was a, there was an even larger increase, but not by much, like, of seeking, like, hotline information. So it was, like, oh, wow. it did help some people, but, like, in that fact, there, they were also romanticizing the idea of okay. killing yourself in, like, because teenagers are angsty, moody little motherfuckers. Yeah. Like, yeah. they don't know what to do with their feelings. You so, somebody on, could see on that. Instinct. Yeah, they, somebody could see that and be like, dude, I fucking hate everybody in my high school. Like, I don't want to live anyways. Like, I could just, I can do what she did type of deal. Yeah,
0: I yeah, I agree with you. That's very bad to do that.
2: Yeah. It's like, I don't like when a show depicts that kind of experience. Cause not only do I think it's not accurate, it's also really dangerous. Yeah. Especially cause you have to look at your target audience and who you're, who that show is for. And you're, you're, you're showing a bunch of hormonal teenagers. Like, yeah, this is okay. Type of deal. Like, look what she did while she was in high school. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's just, like,
0: it's relatable. Of course.
2: That's, yeah. Oh man. The show, I guess there was, like, a lot of outreach about it, or, like, uh, a lot of people who were outspoken were now, because I still watch the show, because I just wanted to know what happened, and they do, like, uh, in the beginning, they literally do, like, a, I don't know what to call it. Disclaimer. Like, yeah, they do a disclaimer, the actual actors, and they always give a hotline out, and then also info on mental health, because... But they didn't do that to begin with. They didn't do that to begin with. This was after the outrage. Yeah. Because it was like, how are you going to show up? Because the show focuses on mental health. Yeah. Like, that's like the whole thing. And you cannot, like, it was like after that, they're like, yeah, we probably shouldn't be showing a character. Because there was a scene in that show where they literally showed a character, slit both of her wrists, and die in a bathtub. Like, it was very graphic and very bad. Oh, gosh. And, like, I saw that, and I was like, that was not only unnecessary, but a really fucking disturbing. There's, like... Yeah, that... Just from you
0: saying it, let alone watching... Like, I cannot imagine watching that as a teenager Yeah. And seeing that. Because that... Mainly when it's so well put together, probably, because it's an actual show that is... You yeah, know, it produced, looks very you real. You have your real set. You have everything. You have your actors. It's like, oh my fucking gosh, like... I could not imagine seeing that as a teenager Yeah. when I'm already in a state that I would want to do that.
2: Yeah. And so the next question ties into it. Do you believe media hinders the mental health movement by romanticizing it? Or do you believe that the show, that uh, they show representation and bring awareness? Or maybe it's like a combination of both, depending on where you're getting your entertainment, I guess.
0: I think it is both. I think it goes back to both because then things like, again, 13 Reasons Why would with the scenes like that and what they do and not putting the disclaimer, that's very bad. That's just romanticizing it. But I do believe there are some good things out there that you can get help from and that can raise awareness for people. I do believe that because like, let's, let's go with something as basic as a song, like logic song about the suicide helpline number mm-hmm. talking about the song literally says, I, I want to die today. And then it talks about getting help and what they do. And then it's like, I don't want to die anymore. I just want to uh, be alive and be happy. And it's like, yes, that's more so just to rhyme and have be a song lyric. But it's like, it still portrays a good message. And it still gives these people who listen to Logic this outlet that they might not have known about the number. So yeah. I, I think there's good and bad in all types of media, no matter what. Yeah. And just focusing on the negative for it is very bad. I think that's bad to do for anything, just focusing on negative for any situation. So I think that it's better to focus on the positive things as as even as small as like a song title and then talking about it. Even though Logic obviously stretches out to like way bigger, like he's one of the biggest rappers right now. But yeah.
2: I think that was really important even when I was growing up was like the people I was watching when they were advocating for things, it wasn't like they would talk about their experiences, but like they'd always provide resources. Like I remember I I called a hotline before and it was really cool. It was like Trevor Project, which is an LGBT hotline. Mm -hmm. Just because I'm sure, you know, a lot of trans and gay people do kill themselves, Mm -hmm. especially uh, when you're still an adolescent and you're figuring yourself out. Yeah. And obviously, your circumstances can't come into play with that, with just people being accepting how your family reacts, things like that. But it was just really cool to be able to just talk to someone, which is a, kind of goes back to therapy. It was just me talking to a stranger, being able to tell somebody that I was gay for the first time, like another person, and not just have like me worried about it, just be like, all right, this is going to be the end of our, our like friendship or relationship because I knew that person was already an ally, which is yeah. kind of why I really like the idea of therapists. Cause it's like, you're already going to an ally. They're not going to judge you because like they are paid not to, they're just going to advise you and listen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, for me with media, I can see like shows like that, like 13 reasons why it, it's, it's romanticizing. I don't think it's helping the movement at all. Yeah. I feel like Twitter and social media also is not helping the movement because it's just a bunch of people saying they have things they've never seen a medical professional. Maybe they don't. Maybe they do, but we don't know because you're diluting the movement by saying you have something that you probably do not. But I think there. I think uh, usually corporations around mental health do a pretty good job reaching out. Like logic, that was that was a really cool idea. I don't, I know it's very talked about now, but I don't know if it's like necessarily made it better or worse. You know what I mean? The
0: logic song?
2: No, just the movement in general from oh, mental health, oh. like social media and that's actual true. media. Yeah, I yeah, I see what you mean. It's certainly more talked about, but I don't know if it's gotten yeah. better or worse. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes, because there's a lot of celebrities out there that
1: push to, like, they they fundraise, and they really go out there and talk personally to people. Mm-hmm. Like the, um, Genie from Latin. I can't remember Will Smith. No, the old Genie. Robin, oh. Robin oh. Williams. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, Robin Williams. He, even before he died, he was pushing to help
2: people who have That type of things and make people happier. Yeah, I think that makes his story a lot sadder, just for the fact that he was trying to help people with the with depression. While he was also struggling with it himself, a struggle that he did eventually lose.
1: Yeah, I feel like the people who have it the worst are the ones who can help the most, but there's no one there to help them. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: All right. Well. Jared, thank you so much for being on and thank you for opening up. Like It, it did mean a lot for you to be here and talk about everything.
1: Yeah, Thanks for having me. We appreciate it a lot.
0: Thank you all for listening. Uh, make sure to check us out on Apple and Spotify. Make sure to check us out on YouTube, whatever you want to do. Thank you so much for listening. It really does mean a lot. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye.